0: Welcome to SPEW, Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry, I'm Queerness, and I have Asperger's Syndrome.
1: I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Cadabby, has nonverbal autism.
0: And I now call this 30th meeting of SPEW to order. Good morning lavender
1: good morning queerness
0: have you had any exciting nif- happen in the last couple weeks
1: honestly no we've just been adjusting to our new homeschool schedule but that's been going really well nothing too much new on our end i got a new schedule at work but that's boring but it's awesome
0: i had my first like real bob ross class yesterday 10 people, and... That's a good crowd. ...already sold out next month's class.
1: Yay! Big applause!
0: Maxed out at 10 people. I had six spots remaining yesterday, and then after the class, several people signed up for next month's. So, yeah.
1: Is this in the, uh, well-to-do town not far from us?
0: Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> it's so exciting. So important dates this month, well, for the second half of the month, there's not a lot, there's a lot of deaths, because <laughs> a lot of people die on Halloween in Harry Potter world. Yep. Um, you got the fun coincidence of Sir Nicholas de Mimsey Porpingdon, and the the kickoff of the entire series, the death of James and Lily Potter. On the 30th is the death of Craig Booker Jr., Craig Booker Jr.?
1: I was wondering, is that how you say that?
0: (laughs) This is a character that I guess seeing the show, you don't necessarily remember his name. This is the character from Cursed Child that is killed near the end of the show for no real reason.
1: Oh, okay. That's why it's not reading a book because I blocked it from my memory.
0: (laughs) It's just a random character that runs out at a bad time in a bad place. And so it's just randomly killed. Oh, Lavender, what are we talking about this week?
1: So we're gonna continue with chapters eleven through twenty-four of Order of the Phoenix today.
0: Yeah, we're new the middle section of Order of the Phoenix. This one as the series has gone on, I'm finding less and less real autism metaphors and just kind of in general, it's a lot of depression.
1: <laughs> a lot of depression. A lot of PTSD, especially in this book. Yes.
0: And Harry's just kind of very angry at everyone for everything.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that because especially going back through these specific chapters, I kept getting mad at Harry and I was like, God, he's just such a rude friend. But then I really had to step back and be like, no, he's really going through some things right now. You know, he's had a Mm -hmm. pretty horrific... childhood and then last year was just the icing on the cake and he's just going through the motions of what i mean of ptsd if i mean i'm not a psychiatrist or a doctor but if i had to diagnose harry with anything in this book that's what it would be right so i keep getting mad at harry and then i have to rein it in and be like no harry's just going through the motions and trying to to heal i guess for lack of a better word
0: also we this is well this, this first chapter the sorting hat's new song is kind of when we really start to get to know luna a little better and where it, mm-hmm. it's really clear that she just speaks her mind and doesn't really seem to realize it
1: see i think she realizes it i just think she does not care <laughs>
0: One of the quotes,
1: one of my favorite quotes about Luna in this chapter is Luna did not seem perturbed by Ron's rudeness. On the contrary, she simply watched him for a while as though he were a mildly interesting television program. I don't know why, but ever since I first read this book, I've always thought that that was hilarious.
0: Yes. This is the part of the books where it feels like Luna was very purposely designed to be autistic, and but she wasn't, and so then it's kind of sad. Hmm. Now, in this chapter, the Sorting Hat songs mostly rhyme, but don't totally rhyme, and that <laughs> annoys me.
1: Yeah, he had to make do with what he with what he had, man.
0: <laughs> but it's it's not just the Sorting. It's anytime that she writes a poem or a song of some sort. It's like she tries to make it rhyme, but then some lines she just completely gives up and it doesn't even come close. And I'm like, I don't understand this. Either make it rhyme or don't make it rhyme. Don't, like, make most of it rhyme.
1: Creative liberties.
0: Or they tend to start out rhyming and then halfway through she, like, gives up.
1: It's hard to write rhymes.
0: Huh. Okay, I have a... I guess this is a quote, but I don't know what it's referring to. I just kind of like it. Full of unexpected surprises, like jarring notes in a familiar song.
1: Hmm.
0: That's... I don't... Yeah, I don't know what this is referring to, but this is... I I relate to this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, just yes.
0: And then this is where we really meet Umbridge for the first time. And she just like talks a lot but says nothing
1: yeah pretty much and one of the things that really bothers me about her little speech i mean a lot bothered me about her speech don't get me wrong (laughs) but she says the line progress for progress's sake should not be encouraged what does that mean what is progress for progress's sake don't we all want progress
0: no some people don't because it's different
1: Ugh, that bothers me so much. And I love how before Umbridge even goes into her speech, as soon as Hermione hears that Umbridge works for the Ministry, she she like immediately picks up what's going on and why Umbridge is there. Mm-hmm. And no, and Harry doesn't. He's just like, oh, whatever. Time to eat. Like Harry is not dumb. It should have at least put up a red flag for him, and it didn't. He was just like, mmm. The feast, let's get to it. And Hermione's the one that's side-eyeing, like, why? Why is she here? It just bothers me. Harry is not dumb, but he does act like it sometimes.
0: Also Harry angry.
1: Harry's very angry. (laughs) And grumpy, just in general. With everybody, with his best friends, with people that he's typically friendly with. I mean, everybody can get grumpy Harry.
0: Yeah. Here's a fun quote that I associate with. How do you remember stuff like that, asked Ron, looking at her in admiration. I listen.
1: (laughs) That does seem like a quote that you would be fond of.
0: I get this a lot where people just act like I'm smart and know things. And they're just like, I don't know how you remember and know stuff like this. And it's just like, I pay attention. That's it. I don't understand why everyone else has trouble with paying attention. Because it's hard. (laughs) Also, Screamy Angry Harry and Snape's a Jerk. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that hasn't changed although he does seem to be extra miserable this chapter this year in general one thing i don't get about this year is you know all this emphasis on this being the owl year which i understand but don't they get exams every year like end of year exams
0: yeah d- this is when in when i was in high school there was some test that i think it was 10th or 11th grade that was like a placement test thing that they put extra emphasis on. Yeah. And it was kind of talked about all year but you didn't really do like extra special studying until like the last month or two before the test because the rest of the year was learning the stuff you're supposed to learn that year and then like the month or two before the test they're cramming everything that should be on the test that you didn't actually learn that year.
1: Okay, so this would be akin to placement tests.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it feels like it's a little overly because the the newts are the important ones right i don't know it's also just weird that it's never mentioned up until this point and then all of a sudden it matters and and do yeah the t- teachers just kind of change the grading scale this year just to line it up with this does is that not confusing <laughs> or at least snape does
1: this it just baffles me. The whole entire the whole entire owl testing program <laughs> makes no sense.
0: Also, Percy got more owls than which I don't understand that phrasing of it of like you take the owl and if you pass it you get the owl. But Percy gets more owls than Hermione and Hermione is taking more classes than should be possible. Even though she dropped the classes so she doesn't have to use the time turner. And like, it's all broken.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Broken. And then (laughs) my note for the potions class we see in this chapter. Because Snape just like waltzes into the room. He tells everybody, be quiet. You're going to be learning this potion today. Which I guess I should have notated which potion it was. Dang it. You're going to be learning this potion today. Here are the ingredients, and here's the recipe. You have an hour and 20 minutes. Go. So, the note I put was potions class, great British baking show style. <laughs> On your mark, get set, brew. I've been watching a lot of great British baking show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, I was kind of confused. It's like first day of class, and he's just like, here's a potion you've never brewed before. Here's the rules. I'm not going to tell you anything. It better not mess up. Snape's a jerk.
1: Snape is a real jerk.
0: But I guess so. So is Paul Hollywood. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk, but not like Simon Cowell jerk. Yeah, there's there's
1: levels and there's levels. Snape tops all of them. <laughs> can you imagine Paul Hollywood looking at a baker and saying, this is rubbish, it doesn't even count, and throwing it in the bin?
0: (laughs) No, but I have seen Gordon Ramsay do that.
1: See? There's levels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The anger that had just flared so unexpectedly still blazed inside him.
1: Typical teenage angst, Harry.
0: Mm Okay. You say that's all that is.
1: (laughs) I love, uh, in this chapter we get a rare... A rare glimpse of Ron being very wise, <laughs> and he's talking about Snape specifically. And he, he says, "Poisonous toadstools don't change their spots." Said Ron sagely.
0: <laughs> sagely.
1: <laughs> That's what it said.
0: <laughs> it, it. Yes. Sometimes she chooses great descriptors. So that she's just not saying said and said and said and said over and over again. Yeah. And sometimes she picks words that she should not have used. And it's just like, <laughs> you're running out of words. Mm. And, and kind of on the same. Umbridge, like, is tells them that they have to respond in a specific way. And I don't like manners because they're this concept of. You have to respond in a specific way. If you don't, then you're automatically rude. So, if you're forcing manners, that's not really manners. Right? Um Did that make it sense at all?
1: It does make sense. I don't know how to respond, but it does make sense. I get what you're saying. But but everybody does it. That's that's why it's so hard like everybody, yes. especially we're in the South, like everybody does that.
0: The the concept of when someone says this, you're supposed to say that seems to circumvent the entire concept of manners. That because there's rules, just the concept of being nice to people is is overwhelmed with rules. Social niceties. And it's it's one of those interesting things that it's very similar to um, political correctness, except the people who like political correctness don't like manners and the people who like manners don't like political correctness.
1: Oh, that is a very um, apt observation, yes.
0: But they're a very similar, they're guidelines for being nice to people, but in a very different way. Too true.
1: And we end this chapter with Harry being a grumpy friend again.
0: Yeah. The next chapter starts with everyone arguing again. <laughs> There's a lot of arguing in this book. I don't like yeah. arguing.
1: We get Ron's infamous uh, woolly bladders comment in reference to Hermione's woolen hats.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fully aware that he had just experienced an ex- exemplary, an exemplar, did I even spell that right? You did. An exemplary care of magical creatures lesson and was thoroughly annoyed about it. <laughs> uh, Harry knows that Grubly Blank is a better instructor but refuses to admit it to himself fiercely loyal and by this book he has gotten hermione like because at first hermione was very much like oh yeah grubbly plank is a way better instructor and now she won't say it in this book
1: she knows better <laughs> um one question i had from this chapter <sighs> And this was because both Harry and Ron were not doing great in transfiguration class where they had to do, I believe, vanishing spells. And McGonagall said for them to practice the spells overnight. And where are they supposed to practice the spells if they're not allowed to do magic in the corridors?
0: Common rooms, I assume. I I, Hmm. I, uh, I don't know. How are they supposed to practice magic if they're not allowed to use it over the summer break? Exactly. Exactly. Then we get to the detention with Dolores and how does he write this entire line before he notices the entire line is cut into his hand?
1: Yeah, that seems like something you would notice pretty immediately.
0: I I feel like they maybe made that in the movie. I think it's more delayed, but the way it's written in the book, he writes the entire line. Then he feels the pain and the entire line is already on his hand. And that it's writing as he's writing. It It's it just very confusing to me that he doesn't notice it immediately.
1: I want to know where Umbridge got this quill.
0: Same place that Rita Skeeter got hers?
1: Rita Skeeters didn't cut into people's flesh, she just had a quick quotes quill. Yeah. Flourish and blots has those, but this is, this is unique. This is an instrument of magical torture, man. Surely this is not legal.
0: It serves no other purpose. I mean, not that we know of. Well, it's like, why else would someone want to carve into the back of their hand this way? I don't, unless it's a prank, that she, she would never step foot in a prank shop. No. Perhaps she made it? I, maybe not, because quills that have magical properties are always weird colors. Like, he always notices that they're vibrant or something they don't look.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: He only knew that he did not want to see the looks of horror that would make the whole thing seem worse, and therefore more difficult to face. Yeah, he just doesn't want to tell anybody because he doesn't want them to be angry also Mm -hmm. this is one of those weird things that this logic doesn't really make sense but yet in that situation we'd all make the same choice
1: unexplainable logic
0: okay i have this quote here that i honestly do not remember who this was about and i think it was mrs norris Mm -hmm. she had the unmistakable air of a cat that was off to report to her boss But if this is about Mrs. Norris, then it's not a metaphor.
1: (laughs) Well, see, it's funny that you say that because last night when I was going over these notes for today and I saw your note on this, that kind of sent me into a little spiral of how, how does Mrs. Norris communicate with Filch that, you know, children are afoot and not doing what they're supposed that they're breaking the rules? Mm-hmm. How does Mrs. Norris communicate that with Filch? And why do we never get that explanation? And why do we all just take that as, as fact, as what it is?
0: I don't know. Miss um, Rowling has confirmed that Mrs. Norris is a perfectly normal cat and is not a cat with any kind of magical abilities, which does not answer the question
1: no (laughs) it doesn't i mean i mean what does phil to do every time mrs norris just like comes back into the room he's just like oh
0: yep there's children out okay lassie let's go you know (laughs) cats can do they just stare at you and you know they want something so then you just follow them and they will take you right to what they want dogs on the other hand just bark and don't communicate well they just yell at you until you do something we have another example of the twins being very irresponsible this time with pills that they don't have a cure for yet it's like what what?
1: no i hold on i disagree because this is when we see um hermione prefect hermione go after them for handing these out to first years they said that they had tested them on themselves so themselves being fred george and lee they've tested them on themselves they just want to make sure that it also reacts the same for everybody else but my big question is why first
0: years oh because they're gullible
1: i feel like some third years would eat some candy for some galleons you know
0: <laughs> i think anyone who's been there more than a year and knows who they are would not take anything from them
1: ah that's a good point
0: I must admit that I have always been afraid that you would take what we might call the Fred and George route rather than following in my footsteps.
1: (laughs) I love this quote. (laughs) I think it's so funny.
0: Yes. This is, yes.
1: This is pure Percy.
0: (laughs) Percy did not take the Fred and George route.
1: No, he did not.
0: Percy, Percy took a bad route.
1: Yeah, he was kind of a, kind of a jerk.
0: But also, he should, Ron Ron should follow in his footsteps, but not his footsteps. Fred and George aren't good role models.
1: I don't think Percy is either. I am very happy with uh, the path that Ron ultimately took in the end, which was the Harry Potter path. So.
0: (laughs) All right, let's talk about the world isn't split into good people and Death Eaters. Mm -hmm. This is overly quoted, I think, because I think it can be. I think it's wrong.
1: I agree. I agree with you.
0: Like, if you side with Nazis, you're not a good person. You're automatically out.
1: That's what I was just about to say. Especially like in the, the times that we're in now, it is pretty split. I mean, it's pretty easy. You're either a good person or you're not. You're a good person or you're a death eater. And that's kinda all that's kinda how I'm looking at the world these days.
0: Yeah.
1: And it it actually kinda simplifies my life, so
0: next chapter. Nate gives Harry a bad grade because he always does Mm -hmm. but he says that these are graded the way they would be graded on the owls and Harry for some reason acts like he legitimately got a bad grade but like no he didn't like Snape gave him a worse grade than everyone else because that's what he always does it was just very confusing to me that Harry was worried about this bad grade since Snape said that he graded him to OWL standards
1: mm, i feel like there should be a system where students can like i don't know like argue their grades like hey why did i get a troll on this paper What, what what's the word i'm looking for
0: appeal i'm sure that exists just like any other system but like snape would be the one that would have to change it and snape is not going to
1: should not be a teacher
0: And then when they go into the first class with Umbridge and everyone like pulls out their wands and she's just like, nope, put them away. It just, we have this weird switch where Dolores is all like, there will be no wand waving and silly incantations in this class. And then Harry takes classes with Snape and Snape's all just like, get your wand out. It's just, it just was a weird switch to me that now, now Umbridge is the one that tells him to put the wands away. And Snape is now like the one that's telling them to get their wands out. But also wands are necessary for potion making. Pottermore information that you do need a wand for some potions, mm-hmm. but Harry knew she was impressed against her will.
1: <laughs> who is this in reference to?
0: Had to be in reference to Umbridge, but I don't remember w- who did what to impress her. Um,
1: I believe it was Hermione. She'd read the whole book and, and was able to quote something back to her.
0: Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, I don't like her, Umbridge. No,
1: nothing to. She doesn't have a single redeemable quality.
0: No. And Snape is still really bad in this book, but I feel like less so, just so that Umbridge is more horrible. Harry saw with an ominous feeling that her face was suddenly alight with the kind of fervor that SPEW usually <laughs> inspired in her i definitely am aligned with hermione in this one i get a idea and am filled with fervor this is not a word that i have ever used in a sentence
1: Ooh, was it fun which uh dear listeners this is true (laughs) queerness gets an idea it's like his, his eyes light up he gets those little twinkly eyes and we have to see it through which is actually how we have this podcast now true story
0: then let's talk about these kittens this school gets a lot of animals and they do a lot of things to these animals and no one complains about the cruelty to these animals
1: the mice the snails the hedgehogs the kittens
0: frogs the kittens this is they are vanishing kittens what that what what? vanishing kittens does not seem very humane where are the kittens going do they get the kittens back See. Is there just a giant pile of kittens and frogs and rats in some parallel dimension that is just where they all are?
1: See, part of me, because McGonagall, she transfigures into a cat and she has a real soft spot for cats, I think. I don't think she would let anything bad happen to the cats.
0: Yes, they were probably
1: not. her friends.
0: That's, I I, I think McGonagall is too strong willed to let herself become friends with cats. Maybe acquaintances. (laughs) My only other note in this chapter is that Harry is really good at matching names and faces. Yeah. I am very bad at this. Me too. He seems to like recognize and know everyone that comes to the Hogshead. Yeah,
1: no, that's a big issue for me as well
0: (laughs) and the people he doesn't know their names he at least recognizes it's like yeah no
1: one of my big takeaways from this chapter was um hermione is arguably one of the smartest characters in the entire series she should have very well known that in the hogshead where there is you know hardly any clientele that she could be overheard that's always bothered me
0: yeah this is concerned with making sure no one from the school heard and never thought that if Voldemort had a spy in Hogsmeade that this is where they would be not that that's the issue that comes up but I
1: mean and and it's not like Hermione is a complete stranger to breaking the rules or anything like she can be sneaky and develop a plan so I just thought that this was very poorly executed on her part
0: yeah, Professor Binns raised his eyes away from his notes and looked amazed, as always, to find the room in front of him full of people. <laughs> I like Professor Binns. I do too. He's, when people talk about characters that were cut from the movies, no one talks about Professor Binns, but there's a huge hole. <laughs> and here's just a fun quote from Professor Jelani. The establishment! <laughs>
1: This part always cracks me up.
0: She um she really does not get along with Umbridge. Tears still leaking from behind her glasses, muttering what sounded like threats under her breath. <laughs> Trelawney is dangerously powerful, but doesn't know that she's dangerously powerful, and that's kinda dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm which is why uh, Dumbledore tries to, you know, keep her under his watch. Yeah. Even though she's a miserable old bat of a teacher, he still has to keep her close and guarded.
0: She probably is still the best teacher for that particular subject anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure anyone else would do a much better job.
1: Yeah, she does. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, she does better than Ferenz when we meet him.
0: Yeah. So trivia time. Ooh. Who abandoned their post... When they are supposed to be watching Harry. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Glengott's Bank. And now we return to Spew. Okay, Lavender. Who abandoned their post when they were supposed to be watching Harry? I did not put multiple choice on this one because the multiple choice options gave it away.
1: Well, I think this is uh, quite easy. That would be Mundungus Fletcher.
0: Okay. The only reason I thought it was hard is because he has a hard name to remember. But maybe I'm just bad at remembering names, which we've already established. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have another note here about um, the large supply of animals that Hogwarts always seems to have. Um, (laughs) 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 It was very concerning to me, apparently, at this moment. They also have a presence of a hundred books. This was when they (laughs) entered into the um, Room of Requirement and Hermione saw that there was a lot of books in the room and that is what finally convinced her that what they were doing was right
1: yep this was the right choice to make look we have books <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i feel like the room was being generous here it could have just given them a large room but instead it gave them a room that was decked out in stuff to help them
1: well i think because harry specifically asked for a room where they could they could train and
0: could have just been a dojo with mats they it gave them pillows instead of mats
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. why doesn't the school have mats like gym mats for practicing
1: it was probably cheaper on the budget
0: <laughs> they need to invest in muggle supplies that would help them
1: <laughs> might have to pay an import
0: tax oh <laughs> The Creevy Brothers were enthusiastic, but erratic, and mainly responsible for all the books leaping off the shelves around them.
1: Mm-hmm. Not Neville,
0: which is important. <laughs> right?
1: Because it's typically Neville.
0: The ne- Neville, yes. Neville, yes. The Creevy Brothers tend to be over-enthusiastic about everything, and that's not necessarily the right way to proceed. But it is definitely what I would do. <laughs>
1: We found a secret room. Let's destroy it. That's what Abby would do.
0: How come you're not in Ravenclaw? This is annoying Ravenclaw talking to Hermione.
1: <laughs> give a little context. This is this is because, oh, and, well, and now I say give a little context and I can't remember the name of the spell. But this is when she does the, the enchanted coins. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: apparently it's a very advanced bit of magic. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 How come she's not in Ravenclaw?
1: Well, this is also where we learn that um, the Sorting Hat apparently thought about putting her in Ravenclaw, but decided to go for Gryffindor.
0: Because the Sorting Hat never makes mistakes.
1: I wish we could get that full story from Hermione's point of view. Like, did the Sorting Hat have a conversation with Hermione in her head like he did with Harry? Or what? I just, I want to know. I want to know.
0: Okay, here's another note that I have no context for. I I I've, I've been really bad about this. This one just says quidditch and rhyming. Those are things I enjoy. <laughs> I don't right. know what the I don't know what the note is about. Quidditch happened in this chapter and they banned Fred even though he didn't do anything.
1: But it wasn't his fault he didn't do anything.
0: Right. I don't understand the ban. It's too much. It's it's well, it perfectly fits Umbridge though. She needs checks and balances is in her brain, not just extra people to control her. She just needs checks and balances in her brain. She don't have those.
1: No, she just has unlimited power.
0: But it's not unlimited. She has to like go to Fudge for all of it and Fudge just kind of lets her.
1: I know. I just wanted to make a Star Wars cross reference. That's all. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm gonna try to read this because I always put in a random Hagrid quote, and I'm not sure there's any reason I always put a random Hagrid quote. I just enjoy them. <laughs>
1: yeah, this one's
0: ran into a couple mad old trolls on a Polish border, and uh, had a side disagreement with a vampire in a pub in Minsk, and but apart from that, couldn't been smoother.
1: <laughs> you sound like hillbilly Hagrid. <laughs> Yeah, I love how Hagrid is trying to say, yeah, this whole journey was great. We didn't have any bumps in the road besides, you know, that one vampire and then that one bar fight that I got into. But other than that, everything was just perfectly fine. Yeah. (laughs) We're trying to lay low and not have any attention drawn to us, but I'm still going to get in a bar fight. (laughs) (laughs) Said something that I couldn't take.
0: (laughs) And you just walked up to him, said Hermione breathlessly. Well down to him, he was lying in the valley.
1: No, no more hillbilly Haggard. No,
0: (laughs) I, 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 Haggard's a hillbilly. I'm pretty sure Cornwall is Cornish. Where is he from? I, it's 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 the hillbilly (laughs) side of England.
1: He's a UK hillbilly. Okay.
0: I I just like this particular quote because it shows Hagrid's correction of metaphors. Correction of metaphors is a hobby of mine. (laughs) Hobby's not the right word.
1: A pastime. A favorite pastime.
0: You ought to know by now. Professor Flitwick's mentioned it at least twice in class.
1: (laughs) There goes Hermione listening again. I
0: feel like I have said this on more than one occasion.
1: (laughs) I feel like you've had to say this to me a couple times.
0: Also, Umbridge is horrible again um yeah (laughs) people froze for a minute or so during which their partners would stare aimlessly around the room watching other pairs at work
1: or they could just unfreeze their partners don't you think
0: can you it just wears off in a minute surely
1: i mean if there's a jinx there's
0: got to be a counter jinx am i right they weren't learning the counter jinx
1: i'm just saying to more efficiently learn Maybe they should. Also,
0: there's no such thing as counter jinxes. All jinxes are bad and you shouldn't learn them. I disagree. No, I know. That's just a baffling conversation that Umbridge actually argues. hmm Hermione understands Cho's emotions better than Harry. I, yep. I don't know why I wrote that down. It was just a, something I wrote down.
1: Yeah, I think if Hermione weren't a witch, she would probably be... She would be a very good psychologist in the Muggle world.
0: <laughs> yeah, Probably not a dentist.
1: Probably not a dentist. No offense, dentists are very smart individuals, but Hermione is
0: too smart to be just a dentist. Uh, She's just very, you're raised by dentists, you're probably not going to be a dentist. Well, at least not in Hermione's case. Harry had dreams that he promised people things that he did not have to promise them. This is, this is a thing I am afraid of.
1: You mean like he didn't physically have them or he didn't have to, like he wasn't required to make that promise?
0: I don't remember what the dream was. I think he promised them It was
1: the chocolate frogs.
0: Yes. He like promised them chocolate frogs, but he didn't have any chocolate frogs. I it like a this is a, a fear of mine that I'm gonna tell someone something and be wrong and not be able to fulfill promise.
1: Mm, I think you worked in retail too long, friend.
0: <laughs> How did you see this? This is Dumbledore talking to Harry about his vision. And Harry's just, like, in, like, a dream, sort of, and Dumbledore's like, no, how did you see this?
1: This is also, like, the only, one of the few things that Dumbledore has to say directly to Harry about this whole ordeal. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm.
1: This is, like, one of the few times that in this whole book, well, not one of the first times in this whole book, that Dumbledore finally actually speaks to Harry.
0: And then Harry scar hurts, so.
1: You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Dumbledore was a jerk in this book, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dumbledore is kind of a jerk the whole time once you kind of get to the end and realize his plan. And it's just like, yeah.
1: But it really starts here. Like, this yeah. is the book when, you know, you start to not love Dumbledore as much as we have in previous books. And it's really sad. Breaks my heart a little.
0: And then they get good news in. Sirius makes breakfast.
1: And offers butter beer.
0: For breakfast.
1: <laughs> Day drinking and breakfast, man.
0: And then when they're at the, the, the hospital and they're listening and Harry has the realization that he thinks he's the weapon. It reminded me of the Iron Giant.
1: <laughs> God, uh, okay, that really took me way back there, Queerness.
0: I like the Iron Giant.
1: I have not seen that movie in well over a decade.
0: Not a weapon. I am Superman.
1: Man, now I have to watch this.
0: <laughs> he supposed none of them would want him around anymore now that they knew what was inside him.
1: I'm so over Harry's ridiculous um conspiracy theories about himself in this chapter. Like, just from the jump. Like, I just want to shake him. And be like, sit down. <laughs> Quit your whining.
0: He had just turned it upside down to see whether it would look better that way. I don't remember what this is in reference to, but yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> I I do.
1: It was in uh, reference to Dobby's painting that he had Ah,
0: yes. Poor Dobby.
1: I know. <laughs> this is the saddest chapter, I think, in almost the entire Harry Potter series when we meet, ne- well, when we meet Neville's grandma and his parents.
0: Neville had already stretched out his hand into which his mother dropped an empty droobals blowing gum wrapper. This is like this fear that I have that I'm not really as lucid as I think I am and that I just wander around dropping blowing gum wrappers in people's hands.
1: To me, this was really sad because, specifically because Neville's grandma is, you know what? She's just outright rude, man. I don't like how she treats Neville. And I don't like how she treats her own son and daughter-in-law either. I mean, I guess technically she does, you know, everything right by them. She gets them. Good medical care, and... (laughs) Yeah. Good medical care, and she makes sure that they're taken care of, and, you know, she takes Neville to visit and everything, but just her entire dialogue surrounding pretty much her entire family is
0: terrible. Except that they are heroes, which kind of has that acting like they're dead already kind of vibe to it.
1: I mean, it's not just that. It's that, and she's talking about them in front of them like they don't understand or that they don't exist, and to me, that one really resonates, because I will have to, like, people do that with with Abby a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. they talk like she doesn't understand what they're saying about her, and I have to correct a lot of people, and I've had to do that with teachers, with principals, with medical people, I mean, nurses, like, just because my child isn't outright talking, she completely understands what's being said, Mm -hmm. and And people need to realize that. So this part of the book always just, oh, it fires me up.
0: Also, droobles is a fun word. Drooble. (laughs) (laughs) Crookshanks leapt gleefully upon the board and set the pieces running for cover, squealing at the tops of their voices. (laughs) I love cats.
1: I wish chess sets did this in real life. (laughs) (laughs)
0: this is when we're getting into occlumency lessons and snape says the mind is a complex and many layered thing potter or at least most minds are
1: (laughs) so snide Uh. snidey snape
0: harry's anger at snape continued to pound through his veins like venom let go of his anger he could as easily detach his legs I have definitely felt like this before. Sometimes just like, Mm -hmm. just gonna rip my arm off. Because it won't hurt nearly as much as I'm angry at you, and then I can hit you with it. (laughs) Tis but a scratch. The librarian prowled the aisles menacingly, breathing down the necks of those touching her precious books. (laughs) I don't remember Madame Pince being described like this. She's very animal-like and not human.
1: She is very protective of her books, which if I were a librarian, I imagine I would be pretty much the same.
0: Yes, not disagreeing with that. All right, I'm tired. Yeah. If you you want to join our conversation, you can send us owlmail at spewcast at gmail dot com. You send us a howler by clicking the link in the description, sending it to that email, or giving us a call at 407-706-SPEW. It's 407-706-7739.
1: Also, if you have any news or stories you want to share with us, you can reach us at Twitter. We're at Spectrum People. We're also on Facebook at Spewcast. Our handle is spewpod on Instagram, and we are also on TikTok at spewcast.
0: Our theme music is by Joan Burr. And until next time, I'm queeriness. And I'm lavender. And as Luna Lovegood says, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs>